Our next scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah, which we've been spending some time in in this Advent season. Isaiah 52, verse 7 through 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy. For in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Bring forth your voices. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Now this, this season we had been walking through some text from Isaiah because he is a prophet who brought hope to a disheartened people. Uh, and, and it was the scripture that, that the early church knew and drew on and saw what was happening in Jesus and made, made sense of what was happening in the world. And so in that, we read this text here in which they have some big news to share. Now I think when we say, I've got some big news, we tend to think, you know, baby kind of news, which is fitting for Christmas, right? Uh, they're, they're excited about good news, and sometimes that good news just kind of seems, well, yeah, I believe it, whatever, but we don't actually make it big news. And so I want us to capture the excitement uh, that, that the good news is capturing uh, both in Isaiah and in these shepherds in the fields. And so I love that this Isaiah reading starts, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet. Kind of sounds a little strange. Not probably where you would go if you wanted to describe something about beauty. He goes, how beautiful are the feet? Now, I don't think he's talking about some sort of foot model, and especially when you think about Luke chapter 2 and these shepherds running and they're announcing good news, I imagine these shepherds' feet aren't particularly great looking. What on earth is it to, pro to proclaim beautiful feet? And I love that Isaiah imagines these sentinels that are on the kind of the walls and they're looking out in the distance. And what is it from a distance to see beautiful feet? It's someone who's got a hop in their step. They're not walking downtrodden. They're jumping for joy, There's, they're jubilant, and you can just see it in their body language that even their feet are proclaiming that there is something to rejoice about. And I love that beautiful image to start this passage. And I wonder, you know, when, when, when they're at the distance, you don't know what that message is, you don't quite know what the good news is yet. And maybe you're a parent or you're a grandparent and you've had the joy of, of having um, some kids or grandkids who have come before you and they've said, we've got some big news to share and they haven't let it out yet what it is, but you're starting to get antsy about it and you're starting to want to know what that news is. And so the people of Jerusalem are looking out, hearing there's good news in some sort of body language, but what is it that they are celebrating? And so this messenger how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, 
who says to Zion, your God reigns. And I love that he's kind of wrapped up peace and good news. In the ancient world, our word that we use gospel for, uh, that sometimes gets translated good news, it's the proclamation that your king has won in battle. You come back and you say, we have good news. We now have peace where there was once conflict. We are victorious. And I love that in this season, uh, when we announce the gospel and good news, we do so not with the power that you expect, but that there's a child who has been born. And so Luke tells us that the angels told the shepherds, don't fear, for see, I'm bringing you good news. I'm bringing you the gospel of great joy for all people, because to you born this day in the city of David is a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And I think we honestly don't usually let the extremity of that proclamation like really take root in us. Of what is it to be a people who live under a king who make an announcement that you have a new king? Like how radical that is of like if you were to imagine in today's world what kind of presidential tweets we would get if we were walking around saying, a new king is born in this city. The people in power don't tend to like that kind of statement. Uh, and in our story, story in the Gospels of Matthew, uh, King Herod definitely did not like this good news. Because it's good news to the oppressed and to the poor and to those who are downtrodden. And that's who is celebrating that there is peace because they had been in conflict. They had been weary. They had been... Uh, beaten down. But here is, is a people, whether it's Isaiah and it's Israel or whether it's, you know, the shepherds and, and, and Luke saying, this little child, this baby is the king who brings peace, who brings victory. And with that, that messenger who brings peace and good news, who announces salvation, and that looks different from different vantage points. You know, in Isaiah, it looks like uh, overthrowing your enemies, overthrowing those, those nations, those armies that are against you. But maybe what salvation looks like for you is freedom, freedom from whatever oppresses you. Maybe it's, it's healing for whatever is broken. It's restoration for what has fallen apart. It's purpose for whatever is empty. It's removing the guilt of whatever it is that you can't get past that, that, that is in your past. Salvation is here with happy feet, with joyous movement. And the, that messenger lastly says, uh, God reigns. Again, that, that's, that's radical because it doesn't always look that way. Right? When we say the Lord's Prayer and we want God's kingdom to come down, but what is it to announce that God as actually the one in charge is actually ruling? And so Isaiah says that there's something you should do with this information. He gives a command. He says, listen, your sentinels, those people on the, on the walls, uh, they lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy. For in plain sight they see the Lord returning to Zion. And then he says, break forth together into singing you ruins of Jerusalem. I love that. What's the command when you hear the good news? Start singing. 
Start celebrating. And that's one of the things I love most about Christmas Eve services is we are filled to the brim with plenty of joyous noise, of singing, of all different kinds of expressions. We are just trying to rejoice with the good news that is brought to us. And I love for Isaiah, he says, who's supposed to do the singing? You ruins of Jerusalem, which is both people, people whose lives have been devastated, they've fallen apart, they aren't what they hoped for, but also the city itself. The walls have come down, the city has fallen apart, and there's a hope and a restoration coming for all people, all society, and that is something to sing about and to rejoice about. And so I love that he, he didn't leave that as enough. There's got to be more reasons to sing, and so I want to give you a few of those that he gives. The Lord God returns. The messenger is saying, it's not just like the messenger running to the city and jumping for joy and excited, but God is also in this triumphal entry coming back to Jerusalem. And in the, the story of Luke 2, God is coming into the world and not in any way like how they expected it, but there's this joyous celebration that God has arrived. God is here in some new way. Why should we sing? For the Lord has comforted his people. I know that there's people in this space, probably a lot of us, who need comfort in this season. Not everybody walks into Christmas skipping for joy. Um, some people bring a lot of pain and a lot of hurt because they're, they're thinking of people that they've lost, uh, of their life being different than whatever might have been, but there's a lot of us grieving. And I appreciate that Isaiah gives us a picture that it's not just only, you know, only the excitement, only the joy, but it recognizes that people need comforting that there was an exile, that there was devastation, that there was loss. And when God comes to reign, it's not acting like that never happened, but that there is a comfort being offered to all of us and that you can, can take comfort in God and start to get that little tap in your step to, to imagine what joy is like again. Why should we sing? He has redeemed Jerusalem. He's claimed, he's purchased, he's claimed as his own, God's people. Uh, there's oftentimes where we feel like we're hard to love, where we realize that we push people away, but God chooses to embrace us, chooses to become flesh and dwell even among us. Why should we sing? I love this one. The Lord has bared his holy arm. I imagine like an arm wrestling match. God sits down, all right, who wants to try? And I love, you know, we got the story of Jacob wrestling with God. But God's strength, his holy arm is so strong that the baby is king. All right, that God's power is not like what we expect, that even a baby born in a manger has the power of the king of kings. God is powerful enough to overcome whatever evil ails us. Why should we sing? All nations, all of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. It wasn't just for some small group of people, but that salvation is visible and in plain sight to all people. 
And we're a part of that all people. We're a part of all of those nations, all of the world, people who, who were outsiders who God has chosen to include. And so we go into Christmas hoping to see, hoping to see afresh that Christ is born, hoping to be like those people on the top of the walls and looking out and seeing the signs that God is returning, that God is coming to us, that God reigns. And so we are invited to celebrate that, to let our family, let our friends, let all of those people uh, who, who come into our contact know that we are a part of something new, something fresh, because is this good news actually big news for us? Do we celebrate it? Do we sing it out? Do we share it with all people? Do we have that anticipation that comes with saying, we've got some big news? Do we live that way in the world with that kind of anticipation and excitement? Because we have big news to share with people. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, as we continue in, in worshiping you in this, in this space, in this moment, Lord, I, I ask that you would turn our hearts to, to singing, to rejoice, to celebration. Uh, Lord, whoever is, is struggling, whoever is uh, needing comfort, we ask for comfort. Lord, help lift our heads up, lift our spirits up, as we celebrate you and your reign in this world and in our lives, even when we fall short of it, even when we choose to go a different direction, Lord, uh, Lord, turn us back to you and to your kingdom. Jesus, it's in your name that I pray. Amen.